know if you remember that story from the uh, uh, Winter Olympics this past winter. Elizabeth Sweeney represented Hungary, and she did the skiing half pipe um, without ever really completing a trick. Uh, she did better than I could have done. I'm sure you all could have done much better than her, but uh, but I know I couldn't have. But uh, in a sport where women are speeding down the course and flipping and jumping and twisting and turning and all those kinds of things, uh, she appeared to just go... uh, Half-heartedly down and maybe do a little, uh, little, little skip and a jump here or there. According to some reports, it, it seems as though she she kind of worked the uh, worked the system in order to qualify for the Olympics. Um, her grandparents uh, were from Hungary, uh, and so uh, through the some of the rules, she has Hungarian uh, blood, and so therefore, because Hungary had no one else competing in the skiing halfpipe, she decided she was going to compete for Hungary in that uh, in that uh, uh, discipline. Then she showed up over the, over a couple of years leading up to the Olympics. She showed up, uh, to every qualifying event for the skiing halfpipe, uh, around the world. And they have these things and you have to accumulate a certain number of points along the way. And, uh, just by competing and not falling, that's one big thing, which, you know, if you're flipping around and everything, there's more chance of falling. Um, really, if I get on skis anywhere close to that, there's a big, huge, chance of me falling. But um, uh, anyway, so, so she, by going to all these events and no one else from that country uh, uh, being, being a part of things, she accumulated enough points to make it to the Olympics. She earned those, uh, those, those credits or those points. Uh, some, some love her for what she's done. Some think she was uh, diminishing what the games are all about. Uh, she's certainly not necessarily what we think about when you think about uh, the, uh, the, 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 the rigor and the dedication and all those kinds of things that it takes to be a world-class athlete. Uh, usually we think about the hard work and the dedication and, and, uh, and, and all of that that it takes to compete on the world stage. I, I heard uh, during the Olympics, um, I heard several people say, wouldn't it be, you know, we need to have like a couple of just average people head down the, go through these things just to, to show off how amazing uh, the, uh, the, the world-class athletes are. Maybe that's what she was, I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, usually we think about the, the hard work, the, 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 the discipline, the dedication, the training, uh, uh, on whatever level, we, we think about giving our all when we think about competing and we're, it's, it's hard work. Uh, you've probably uh, been on a team at some point um, or been a part of a group where you've, you've, you've done that. I think back to uh, uh, August uh, during high school, uh, that was, uh, that always included soccer practice for me. Usually a couple of times a day, uh, all week long, it was hot, it was sticky. Usually the field felt like concrete because it just doesn't rain during that time in Ohio hardly. But, uh, we, we gathered every week for, for several days for practice, uh, and, uh, and, and there weren't any games for weeks on end. Um, and, and so, uh, because there weren't any games for weeks on end, uh, we could do a lot of running, conditioning. Uh, we'd, we'd, lo- we'd run to loosen up, and we'd run to cool down, and we'd run in between our loosening up and, uh, loosening up and our cooling down. Uh, no, no matter how much I would run on the off-season, which really wasn't a whole lot anyway, but, but I, would, I would step into those days not prepared for the amount of uh, conditioning that we would we would go through we'd run wind sprints as well as long distances we'd run up hills uh we'd run up and down stairs i remember one time uh running up i just have this brief uh image of uh running uphill uh racing people with someone on my back 
And this was part of what we were doing. Now, for the life of me, I cannot remember during a soccer game ever having to have someone on my back. And I don't remember any stairs being involved in play. But it was all about getting prepared, right? Doing all that we could uh, to, uh, to, to be to be prepared. I remember in college, uh, we'd show up a week or so early for, for soccer and, um, and, and we wouldn't even touch a ball till like Thursday or Friday. And it was just, uh, it was brutal. Competition and uh, getting ready for competition is, is hard work. Uh, right now I am, uh, in the midst of training for a marathon. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm like halfway there and it's like on, so on September 29th, I'm going to be running through the streets of Akron and ending up in, uh, the, the rubber duck stadium, I think is where it ends up. And, and, uh, and, and, uh, over the course of that time, so I've been, been running and training since the first of the year, had a couple of half marathons this spring. Uh, literally by the time I step out there for the last 26.2 miles, I will have gone well over a hundred miles in nine months, just over, just running around town. You probably see me running around town. And you probably ask, why in the world is he doing that? <laughs> why would anybody want to, uh, to, to, to do that? And, and really, that's the question that we ask when we think about a lot of these sports. I mean, you see the, the clips of different sports or the different things that, that you've uh, uh, been a part of or, or that your kids are a part of. I mean, it's a question that, 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 that we can ask. Why would we be involved in, in this kind of, I mean, if it's so difficult, why would we do it? Uh, whether it's on the Olympic level or maybe you're, you signed up for a 5K or it's a pickup game of basketball or your kids' sports teams. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, even, yeah, even your kids' uh, teams. I, I remember those days, and, and some of you are, are much more involved than we ever were, but um, you, you're kind of hoping sometimes. Maybe my kids aren't, aren't in here. My, you're kind of hoping sometimes they don't make the good team, right? Because then you don't have to travel as much and it doesn't cost it. Did I say that out loud? We're not, we are recording this. Okay, well, um, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. We, we put ourselves uh, whole hog into this thing. And, and so we ask, well, why, why do we do it? And is it really worth it? Um, I'm sure we could say that about, about a whole lot of uh, uh, things. And, and, and really, some would say that sports in our culture today is, is really kind of getting out of control. We could debate that, and we could, we could talk about that this morning. But the, uh, today, I, I want to talk about the, the fact that there really are some benefits to, uh, to sports. Obviously, this, this whole week of, of VBS was, was based on, uh, on uh, sports. And, and whether you knew it or not, sports have been around for a long, long time. Uh, even in the Bible, uh, I, I don't know if you, you know, but the Apostle Paul uh, uh, used that uh, the, the sports analogy several times. I don't know if he was an athlete or not, but at least he knew that his audience would relate to uh, uh, sporting analogies, and so he he used them uh, several times throughout the New Testament. In First Corinthians chapter nine is maybe the most well known. First uh, Corinthians nine twenty four to twenty seven, and he's he's using the analogy of sports to flow into our lives, especially our spiritual lives. And, and, and so it goes like this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who comp- competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. 
Why do we compete in sports? Well, I believe it's all about the prize, right? That's the initial uh, thing. It's, it's all about the prize. Sometimes that means a championship uh, trophy or uh, that means the gold medal. Uh, most of us won't ever compete on that level. Uh, but there's still the prize of, uh, of, of the enjoyment of the game, certainly. And so we do it just for the enjoyment of it. Uh, I think maybe Elizabeth Sweeney was in that, uh, in that uh, camp. For, for others, it might be this, the, the prize of, of a diversion, uh, that sports can give us a diversion uh, and, and, and might rejuvenate us, uh, get our minds off of our work or off of the pressures of life, and so we can take a diversion for a little while and we get involved in sports, whether playing or, or, or watching. Uh, the prize might be, I get, uh, I get healthier because I'm involved in, in, in sports. And so it gets the blood pumping and it, gets, uh, it burns calories and develops muscle and all those sorts of things. Uh, the prize could just be uh, the aco- feeling the accomplishment of, uh, of doing your best or, or maybe getting a new personal record or, or whatever. It, it could simply be bragging rights over your buddies because your team won and their team didn't. I, I, whatever. We're, we're competing because of prizes. Uh, all the, the runner, when a runner runs, he's running to win the prize. And, and so because we're doing that, because we're, we're competing for the benefits, then we go all out in order to get the prize. Whether that means running a thousand miles in nine months, or whether that means practicing two or three times a day, or whether that means paying those travel team expenses and traveling across the state for your, your kids' soccer stuff, or maybe that means getting up a little earlier, or staying up a little later, or, or uh, uh, jumping into the P90X or the CrossFit or whatever you, you're, you're doing, whatever it is, those who are involved in sports usually go into, as Paul says, strict training. We, we, we go into strict training in order to do our best to win the prize to reap the rewards. So, so we can relate to what, what Paul is saying here, just like I think his, his uh, initial uh, readers were, uh, were, were relating to it as well. They knew that, that, that we put ourselves through difficult things in order to reap the benefit that comes later. Uh, we, we put ourselves through the hard stuff in order to generate the joy that comes on the other side, the, the, the thrill of victory, I guess. And so if that's the picture of a top-level athlete training, doing, doing whatever it takes, focused on the prize, then Paul says that's what we need to look like if we're living our lives for God. Because in life, the stakes are a whole lot higher than in sports. Losing can't be an option. And so Paul says, man, you're pouring yourself into sports. Take that picture, but apply it to your spiritual life. Run in such a way as to get the prize. See, if my, if my team loses the, the, the tournament or uh, the championship, it might be depressing, but it's not the end of the world, right? Uh, we have all learned uh, something to say usually here in Northeast Ohio. Usually about the middle of October, it starts coming out. We've all, we've all said it, and we might even be saying it again this year, there's always next year. You guys, yeah. Training camp starts Thursday, and this is going to be the year. This is going to be... Yeah, yeah, not... Anyway, I'm I'm not even... Yeah, it's it's nice to win, right? It's it's great to have a team that's a that's a winner. It was awesome when the Cavs won their uh, their championship a couple years ago. It's great that the Indians are are doing well right now. But uh, and and it's always good to have the Buckeyes in our back pocket when the Browns aren't doing so hot, right? But uh, uh, it, 
But how does that affect our lives day to day? I mean, it, it, it really doesn't. You see, we say there's always next year because there really is always next year. Uh, it, it comes around again. It's not the end of the world, I guess would be another way to say that. The Browns are losing, but eh, it's not the end of the world. Uh, we can try again. It, the, the prize in sports doesn't last. So Paul says that first off, we need to know that if we're living life for God, the prize is worth giving our lives for because it's eternal. The prize is eternal life in heaven with Jesus. Uh, As we devote ourselves to God and as we build a relationship with Jesus, we have the promise of eternity in heaven. And, And he says, and I agree, I don't want to be disqualified for that. This is a whole, worth a whole lot more than bragging rights at the end of a season. Maybe you know this from uh, studying history. The Olympians of Paul's day uh, competed in order to get a little woven wreath of leaves on their head. Uh, you've probably seen the pictures. Uh, and, and they would get the, these vines and they'd uh, weave it up and, and that's what, it was a crown. He said they'd do it to get a crown uh, that will not last. Uh, and literally, it was, it was leaves that were already plucked. They were already dying before they ever got put on someone's head uh, and they didn't last more than a few days. These people would train for weeks or months or even years and then they would run for hours and the winner would get a wilting wreath. And they called it a crown and it was woo. Uh, you no doubt have, uh, have some of those, well, you don't have wilting wreaths, but you probably have participant trophies somewhere, right? Or uh, medals that you've uh, earned over time. Some of you could, could tell me all about the glory days. You'd even sing the song, right? They'll pass you by, glory days. In the, uh, we won't go in there. We, maybe they're displayed somewhere in your house. Most likely, at some point, you have uh, uh, have, have gotten them into a box somewhere, and maybe they're in the attic or the ba- I, I don't know. But 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 we we compete in games in order to get prizes that don't really last. I, I mean, you you work hard for them, and and they're great, and and that's good, and it's it, there's benefits to all of that, but it just doesn't last. There, there's an old hymn. Maybe you've uh, maybe you've you've heard this before. Uh, it's it's called the old rugged cross. The, the the chorus goes like this: So I'll cherish the old rugged cross, where my trophies till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Of course, that, that song is talking about, uh, it's not just talking about old boxes of, uh, of participant trophies and medals and championship rings and whatever else uh, that, that we have in our attic or our basement. It's, it's talking about the things in our lives that don't last, because there's a whole lot more that we compete for in life that's beyond sports that still won't last, right? There, there's a whole lot of things that, that, that we do, that we spend our time on, that we, that we uh, put our, our blood, sweat, and tears into that, uh, that, 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 that don't last. And so, uh, as, as, as this song says, and as Paul talks about, uh, in the end, uh, all those things, if it's, if it's not our relationship with God and it's not pouring into our spiritual life, it's, it's going to be like a wilting wreath on our heads. And it just doesn't last. Even if we win, it won't matter for long. 
In another passage using sports metaphor, Paul uh, uh, speaks to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 3 and just a few verses out of that. He says, uh, he's talking about all these great things that he's done. We could put it in the category of trophies or things that people said, hey, you're great at this. And and they would have awarded or rewarded him for those things. He says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. A few verses later, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That's the same picture of of throwing out anything that would hinder us and keep us from pursuing God and pursuing the things of God. Here in our church, we have, we have one goal. We live to love people to life. We want to experience a real, abundant life with God. And that means that we build our lives around the things that have eternal significance. Uh, it, it's a crown that will last forever. We want to get rid of anything that will distract us from knowing Jesus. We, we don't want to spend our precious time and effort and sweat and tears merely on winning prizes that will end up in the trash heap. I mean, it's all fine as long as it doesn't distract us from putting our time and effort and sweat and tears into following Jesus. Because that's the prize that will last forever. So Paul tells us in this thing called life, in this thing called spiritual life and faith, run in such a way as to win the prize. I love the, the, the marathons and the 5Ks and all those kinds of things. Um, I guess it's probably a lot like T-ball and everything else. Everybody gets a, gets a medal at the end. It's awesome. Now, if, you, if you're, you're first, second, or third in your age division, so uh, middle-aged man division, um, every once in a while you might eke up into the first, second, or third and get a little extra something. But... Uh, we, I have these medals from these races that all I did was finish. <laughs> um, run in such a way as it's not just one prize. And I think that's a bit of a picture of our, of our life with God. We, uh, we, we go into strict training. If we're pushing ourselves and doing our best and, and focused on the goal, we're running in such a way as to get the prize. I don't want you to get the picture that, that, that we do all that and then only one person wins. Just like we train for competitions that we enter, maybe sports, uh, life with God takes concerted effort and so we invest ourselves in the process and we develop spiritual muscle over time in order to mature and to grow in our relationship with God. And if that's your goal, then you will arrange your life around it. If you've been an athlete or, or know an athlete, you know that they live a little bit differently than others, especially if you think about the world-class uh, Olympic athletes, uh, what they eat and when they sleep and how they sleep and what they do and, and how much time. They, everything revolves around the goal, winning the prize. And that's the same picture here. If our, if our life is invested in following God and winning the prize spiritually, then we will organize our lives around that. Everything else, if it doesn't fit, this is going to be first and foremost, everything else, uh, nothing is going to hinder that. Just a few things as, as I was reflecting this week, walking through uh, uh, Bible school week and thinking about this whole idea of sports and, and spiritual life and how it all 
goes together. Uh, just, uh, just a couple of things uh, uh, that, that I want us to, to focus on. Uh, things that, that, that should be in place if we're going to win the prize spiritually. And first off is that we have to join the team. Uh, the kids talked about this week joining Team Jesus, being a part of Team Jesus. Uh, for a lot of sports teams, there are tryouts. And maybe you've had the experience uh, of trying out for something and you weren't quite good enough. I don't want to bring up any, any uh, you know, Rebecca's a counselor if you want to go talk to her afterwards. Um, but we're, we live in this society of I've got to do enough and do enough and maybe I can earn my way onto the team, right? What's cool about Team Jesus is that it doesn't work that way. Uh, there are no tryouts. Everyone can make it because it is grace. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Uh, and this is a gift from God. It's not from yourselves, not by works, so that no one can boast. We're not earning our way onto God's team. Because God loves you, because God loves each one of us, he sent his son Jesus so that we can be forgiven, so that we can join the family, so that we can join the team, right? Uh, we can join team Jesus. He, he promises that if we confess our sin, if we believe in him, it, 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 he will indeed forgive us. Team membership is a gift and it's offered to everyone. If we're going to uh, run in such a way as to get the prize, uh, we, got, we can't skip that first step. We've we got to be on the team. <laughs> and so we're committed to God and, and it's there for the taking for each and every one of us. We've got to join the team. Another thing, once we're, once we're uh, following Jesus, uh, can we say coach Jesus? Is that, is that, I don't know. Anyway, listen to the coach. That's the next thing. Uh, man, that was a, that was a, a big thing. Um, for me on teams, I mean, sometimes it's, sometimes it's hard to do that. Sometimes it's demanding. Sometimes it's confusing. Uh, but it's always best in the end to listen to the coach. I mean, there were times uh, on teams that I've been on when I didn't necessarily agree with the strategy that the coach was, uh, was using. Uh, maybe I, I didn't like a certain drill in practice or felt like we weren't really getting prepared. Usually my opinion had something to do with uh, how our team would be much better if I had much more playing time. And so... But, uh, but uh, we've got to listen to the coach. Uh, most, uh, most teams function best when everyone is on the same page and following the leader. The leader has the game plan in mind and sees the whole thing. The leader knows the, the strengths of, uh, of each and every player and knows what they're trying to accomplish and, and, and tries to put together a strategy that will, uh, will accomplish those goals. Uh, and and, and so, so we've got to listen to... The coach, and how much more is that true of God? He has the big picture in mind, the big, big, big picture in mind. And one of the main, uh, one of the things that not only does he have that big picture in mind, but he also knows you intimately, and he knows your name, and he knows you before you were born, and he knows how many hairs are on your head or not on your head. And uh, and and he he uh, he loves you because of who you are, and in spite of who you are, and he knows how you and your gifts and talents and abilities will fit into his plans in this world. Being part of the team means to have a commitment to listen to the coach. 
We also have to be, uh, or join the team, we're listening to the coach, we're also devoted to the team. Uh, we're not going to do something to, uh, to pull the team down. Uh, uh, team Jesus is not an isolated existence. We're in this together. Uh, and one of the main things that we emphasize this week at VBS is that, that, that it's, it's, uh, team is all about we, not me. I think that was the first night. And, and uh, that we're, we're, we're doing life together. Uh, Ephesians 4.32 was the main verse for the week. I think they, they sang it here a, a, a little while ago. Be kind and compassionate passionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Because God has forgiven us, because God has treated each of us with kindness and compassion, we do the same for others. Now, I, I can have a, a, quite a competitive streak at times, but I've come to appreciate the relationships that I've had on the, on the teams I've been on. Uh, those relationships... Uh, as, as a team works together, they, uh, they, they, uh, um, they help the team to gel together and, and to win. Um, probably nobody watched, uh, well, probably a few of you watched the, uh, the World Cup. At, was it just last Sunday was the final? I think so. And uh, France won. They say that, that, that France uh, played together like they were all, uh, it wasn't just something on the field, but they, they kind of had this innate sense of, of working together and knew where the other one was going to be before they were there. And it was just, it was this cohesive, and, and it turned out, and they, they, uh, they won. Believe it or not, uh, there were like six goals scored in a soccer game. I, I know, I know you don't believe it, but, uh, but it, it, was, it was good. I have it recorded if anybody wants to come over and watch, but you don't. You don't care. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Um, one thing I've learned through sports is that relationships last a whole lot longer than teams. Uh, the team lasts for the season, and then people go and people come, and, and maybe you're, you're still on the team in high school or, or, or on the, the travel team or whatever, but uh, uh, the, the, the team uh, lasts for a little while, but those relationships, I still have relationships with, with some of those teammates long after those seasons uh, ended. It's, it's awesome to, to know that God created us to live in relationship with each other. We need each other. Uh, although this spiritual life with God is certainly very personal, we can't rely on the faith of someone else in order to save us. It needs to be a personal thing, but on that team, uh, we're in it together, and we help each other, and we grow together, and we stick together, and, and we all have parts to play. We all have positions to fill, and God has, has gifted you in, in certain things that I could never dream of, of doing. Uh, we're all different, and yet God has put us together to accomplish his will in the world. It's not just Jesus and me. It's team Jesus. And so there's a relational component to this. I think one more thing, and there's, there's a hundred other things, but one more thing is that we need to finish well. And I think that was one of the big things that Paul was saying in this passage here in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 9. Run in such a way as to get the prize. When it comes down to the end, I don't want to be disqualified for the prize. We can't give up. I've had some, some great coaches who, who've taught me that over the years, whether it's finishing a sprint all the way to the end or, or, uh, 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 not walking off the field when you're subbed for, but jogging off the field or playing hard until the final whistle blows, even if you're down by eight goals. Uh, doing your best and finishing well matters. And if it matters in sports, how much more does it matter in life? God has given each of us certain gifts and abilities and time and opportunity, and he wants us to use them to the fullest. 
Eternity is at stake. It, it, eternity is at stake for you. But eternity is also at stake for the people around you. And, and so if you slack off or, or you just phone it in spiritually, uh, not only will you miss out on the blessings in your life, but, but others might miss out as well because you're not there to, to pour into them and for God to use you in their lives as well. And so we need to not just start well, we need to finish well. And, and we all know that, that through the course of a of a sporting event, a football game, or a, a soccer game, or basketball, or whatever the sport might be, there's always there's always problems, right? There's, there's always difficulty. Uh, of the, they they say when you're running a marathon that you that you hit the wall somewhere in there, and and you you feel like you're just not able to go on. There's there's always and 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 you could tell me, and I know many of your stories of the walls that you've hit in life or the, the circumstances that you face, and you just wonder, can I go on? Is it worth it? Why do I try? Is, is God really even? And we ask those questions, and, and in the end, in this little metaphor that Paul uses, he says, run in such a way, not just to when you hit adversity, you, you roll over. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Life with God on his team isn't always easy. Sometimes it takes more than we think we have to give. This passage in 1 Corinthians 9 is, is not just a mamby-pamby walk through the park. Uh, Paul is talking uh, about hard work and dedication and perseverance even when you don't feel like it kind of faith. <laughs> Why? So you'll finish well. It's about the prize, not a trophy that's going to collect dust or tarnish end up in landfill. It's about the prize of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness that is of my own, but that comes from him. Not that I've already obtained all this or already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. This one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. It's an eternal prize. It's better than anything you could possibly get in sports, even better than an Olympic gold medal. It's life with God for all eternity. It matters. <laughs> if we can spend all that time and effort and energy and everything in sports, <laughs> in your job, in, in your relationships, in, in, in uh, your hobbies, man, what would happen if we did that in our relationship with God? <sighs> Father God, I pray that you would impact us with your word today. I pray that you would help us to know what it means to run in such a way as to get the prize. Lord, I, I pray that you would bring things to mind even in this moment right now, things that maybe need to change in our lives, priorities that, that, that need to be addressed, uh, maybe even sin that needs to be confessed. Lord, I, I pray that, that, that you would impact us knowing that because you love us, because you have made the ultimate sacrifice for us, that we would, we would make our lifelong commitment to follow after you. Lord, we know that, that, that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. I pray that you would help us to run in such a way as to get the prize. 
Lord, we know that, that everyone who, who participates in the games goes into strict training and they do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a prize that will last forever. And so, Lord, we do not want to run like someone running aimlessly. We don't want to fight like a boxer uh, just hitting the air. Lord, help us to have the discipline that it takes to uh, commit ourselves to you no matter what, so that after we've done everything, that we will not be disqualified for the prize. Lord, do your work in us. Wherever we are in our relationship with you, Lord, I pray that we can take the next step, that you'll give us the courage, the, the, the wisdom, the, the, the energy, the commitment that it takes to take the next step with you, to, uh, to step into life with you. Because we know, Lord, that that's the best life possible. And Lord, I pray that as we go from here, we will have the encouragement that comes from knowing that you are right there with us. You are inside of us. You are, you are uh, spurring us on. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your presence with us in this place and as we go from here today. In Jesus' name, amen.